Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with David Strickle, the stream of David. And joining us in a moment, Daniel Mangana. Today is Tuesday, July the 28th, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And Tuesday's our stream of David day, where we get to ask questions to the stream from Source Energy. It's, it's like talking to Abraham, but through a different interpreter. Instead of Esther Hicks, it's David Strickle. And uh, David, we have enjoyed the sessions that we've done so far. I will speak for myself. I have enjoyed the sessions that we've done so far. Hey, 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 don't keep all that enjoyment to yourself, Walt. There's, there's others, others of us here that get into big enjoyment. So, okay, so. so now it's we again. All right, so we go from we to I <laughs> to we. You know, that's okay. <laughs> How you doing, Daniel? What's going in your neck of the woods? Ah, it's been a full-on, another full-on day. It's 2 p.m. here. I've been non-stop since 7, 6 a.m. Yeah, okay. That's been a busy day. So this is a good way to yes. kind of give you a little downtime, I hope. That's that's a good thing. A little. I, I like to consider it an upper spiral time. spiral time. Okay, yeah, sure. Well, I like that. <laughs> that's good. I like that. <laughs> good stuff. Well, we got a lot of questions for you, David. Um, so okay. this is going to be an interesting week. I mean, I, I'm not even sure if I'll get a question of my own in, but we'll see what happens. Uh, and before mm-hmm. we have you do your connection thing to the stream, the first question is actually for you, because Carla wrote in and asked me to ask you this question. She said, could you detail how you manifested a car as a teenager and how were you in- introduced to the law of attraction and what mo- motivated you to use it? My introduction to the law of attraction was just a knowing. I just understood, and it's really hard to explain. From early childhood, my first recollection, I think I've shared this on here before, one of my first memories is a friend of my parents drove up in front of our house, and we lived in a sort of a lower middle class, blue collar suburb of Houston, uh, Texas City, Texas. And sorry for you, all of you that live in Texas City, Texas, but you know where you are. It's a refinery yes. town. Uh, it's not a, a real uh, high-end zip code. So I, I lived there as, as a small child. I was born there. And I remember this friend of theirs driving up and she had this Lincoln. I'm a car guy, so I should know this by the era. I think it was like a Mark III. Mm, yeah, all okay. silver, silver leather, silver, and had a moonroof and all these buttons. And, mm-hmm. and it was just uh, fa- the fanciest car I'd ever seen. And I remember my parents, as she drove away, you know, sort of doing that whole, well, you know, what did she do to get that? And we'll never <laughs> be able to have that. You know how people do, you know, when, they, when they're envious of something. And I remember, and I had to be, my father left when I was six. So I had to be four or five years old. I distinctly remember thinking they're envious of this because they think they can't have it, but they can if they only believe they can have it. I remember that. Wow, at five. Yeah, I remember thinking, and I'm going to have something like that one day. Wow. And that, and, I, and I've had a lifelong you know, uh, fascination with cars ever since then mm-hmm. uh, that continues to this day. So uh, I, I remember that at that age. And then I uh, flash forward to... Um, to, to age 14, 1982, mm-hmm. I do recall telling my older brother, Doug, in, in very detail um, what law of attraction was. I didn't call it law of attraction. I had no idea what that word was. I never heard that term before. This, again, was in 1982. There weren't a whole lot of books about it uh, out True, yeah. I wasn't reading them at age 14. Right. And I remember just explaining to him in detail how if you place yourself mentally in the position of being or having something, you will become that and that will come to you. 
and I just knew it. So from there, I placed myself mentally in the position of being one of the rich kids in town that I was envious of. And I think I've shared on here too, that, you know, my immediate family was poor. My mother was minimum wage. You know, Mm -hmm. my father didn't pay a lot of child support and, you know, single parent minimum wage household was how we lived. But my mindset moved toward I'm one of the rich kids in town. Mm. And I had a half sister who had money and I had cousins that had money. Everyone around me had money in my family that were sort of upper middle-class people. And to me, that was the goal, you know, to that's happiness when you can go to Disney and you can Mm. have nice clothes. And this was during the eighties of preppy era, you know, if you wore polo and Izod and had Nike shoes, you know, that was all what you wanted. Right. And I always just one way or another, and it's hard to explain. It was always magical how things just materialized for me. And I had a tumultuous relationship with my mother. I was not a good student. I was not even really a good kid. I mean, I wasn't terrible, but you know, I I wasn't necessarily a well-behaved child. And there was something I, I wanted a new car and my mother was driving at the time, uh, you know, an older beat up, uh, Pontiac Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want her car. I wanted a brand new car. Right. And something clicked within her and one morning, and there was no reason for this because again, I wasn't, uh, I was failing in school. I was dyslexic. I wasn't doing well in school. I wasn't doing anything. You know, I didn't help my sick grandmother or anything. You know, there's no magical story behind this. I was just me. I was just a teenage kid trying to, you know, live happily as, as, as one of the rich kids. Right. So she woke up one morning and said, I'm going to take the day off and we're going to go buy you a new car. That that must've sounded crazy. Yeah. And I had a job at Wendy's. I'd gotten a job at Wendy's and maybe Mm -hmm. because I got in a job, it was, it's really a bizarre story. So, you know, maybe because I got this job at Wendy's, she just did. And my best friends, one of my best friends had a brand new BMW three series in high school. And another one had an IROC Z, which was another expensive car. So I, these were the people I ran around with. Mm. So that was sort of my vibe, right? Yeah. But that wasn't my mother's vibe, but something, you know, here, this woman who was, you know, so nasty to me throughout my childhood, you know, I never loved you. I never wanted you. Suddenly she flipped and was like, we're going to go get you a new car. And it was just like something came over her. And I don't know if there was some guilt or I, I really don't know what it was. I didn't explore it. I didn't care. And we went and I bought a brand new Ford Thunderbird, 1984 Ford Thunderbird in wow. her name. She financed it and it was financed. It wasn't something, it wasn't a fully paid for a car or anything like that. And, and I was having to pay for it. Right. Still, you know, it, it, at that age, I manifested this brand new car. Yeah. And until I wrecked it, it was great. No. <laughs> so, you know, that manifestation did disappear. But, you know, I, I, I think there's another period. story that goes along with that one. <laughs> yeah, there was a time period in high school where I drove a brand new car. I always wore polo, Izod, nice clothes. Uh, you know, I always had jobs and stuff, but I don't know. It just all worked out. It's, it's just mm-hmm. amazing how it always just worked out. And, you know, life just continued in that way. I, I was not a good student, I didn't do well in school. Um, my graduating class graduated. I was basically still at the 10th grade level because I really played in high school. Mm-hmm. I cut, cut class every afternoon and, and uh, the drinking age was 18 at that time. And we'd go to happy hour. So 10th, 11th grade, I was going to happy hour and, and, and drinking, you know, yeah. uh, tequila sunrise was my favorite drink in high school. <laughs> that's what, oh. that's what my life was. I had a blast in high school and I, I didn't apply myself. I didn't study. 
Uh, and I ended up you know, not uh, graduating because I didn't have the credits to graduate. I took the GED and I started a business as a real estate developer. And that's a whole other story I could spend, you know. I'm hours. curious also between ages five and 14, you didn't really describe that much other than to say skip ahead to 14. Were, were things happening between those ages that it just kind of made sense to you? Yeah. Um, I, my, my parents got divorced when I was six. My mother moved us back to her hometown of Minden, Louisiana. We moved to this apartment complex. Best thing that ever happened to me because it was just this bizarre potpourri of all kinds of characters in this. I could write a whole book just about the apartment complex. <laughs> my mother worked and I was a latchkey child. So I, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, I was on my own and I hung out with the adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a prostitute. I hung out at her apartment a lot. She was really interesting to know. Uh, there was a dude that was a drug dealer. There's another dude that ran for state senate. There was all of them living in this place. There's a joke in there somewhere. It was so bizarre. So I had this bizarre childhood where I associated with adults. One of my best friends, uh, at probably 11, 12, uh, was uh, a woman who married this very wealthy guy that ran for state senate. His name was Houston oh. Morris. I think you can Google him. Um, and she didn't have any friends in town. She'd been a model and he, it was like her, his third wife. And she was this young, beautiful woman. It was probably, she was probably in her late twenties. I was, we were like best friends. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was all, it was a very odd childhood. My friends were adults. You know, I hung out with adults. Uh, I knew that I liked abundance and nice things and I was a car fanatic. And I understood that I was not going to always be what I was at that time. And that, that my mother was sticking herself in this reality that I did not want to be in. So that's kind of what my childhood was. It was, it was unusual for sure. Great. Yeah. It was a very unusual childhood and, and I touched on it in the book. I didn't want the book just to be a complete memoir, but I did touch on it in the book. So the, the whole car thing was just bizarre the way it came about because yeah. my mother wasn't this doting mother who would do anything for her son that went and bought me this car that we couldn't really afford. Something just changed one day and, and she took a day off work and she never took a day off work. So she took a day off work and we went and bought my, me a brand new car, even though I didn't really deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the story. Like I said, it's, it's my, my life has been like that. It's, it's been, it was magical until I got into my thirties and stopped letting it be magical for a while. And then it got really magical in my forties. Interesting. Yeah. We'll have to hear that part of the story another time, but that, that's fascinating. Um, so let's let you, uh, don your stream of David cap, make your connection so that, uh, we can talk to the stream. And meanwhile, uh, I will remind people that yes, the LOA today app is out. Um, we're actually making a couple of repairs. The Android version has been repaired now the iPhone version. I'm just waiting for them to do the final approvals at Apple. And then that'll be repaired as well. And basically the issues that people may have been seeing will have gone away. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're getting good response on it. People are liking it. People are writing and using it. It's great. So become an LOA Today subscriber on the app. And I see David's eyes opening. I think we have a connection. Stream, are you there? We're here. You're here. All right. Let the fun begin. So, Stream, I'm going to start off with a message, a question by a listener who uh, who has done one of the things that we talk about a lot here on the show, telling a friend to tell a friend. Um, and he told a friend named Amy who became one of our co-hosts on Monday. So this, uh, this guy has played a pretty important role here at LOA Today. His name is Chuck. And Chuck says, hi, Walt. This is Amy's friend. I just listened to this week's episode with The Street. 
I think he meant the stream. I am still curious about individuals who come here to live very short lives, like in the example of stillborn children. If we choose at the soul level, what level to experience the human experience, then what is gained from those who do not complete a physical birth? Is there a sole purpose to influence the life of the potential birth mother in some way? Or is there something of benefit to the soul of the stillborn child that they receive as well? And if so, can the stream give an example of what their soul gets from the experience? There, there is there, there is expansion offered in, in every single experience, even if it is very brief, even if it is, it, it, it is one that is not a full-term birth, if you will. And, and we understand from your human perspective where you are viewing an experience as a life experience, one who is, is born and, and manifests a series of events that, that aids in, in their expansion. And, and that's very easy to comprehend. But, but connecting in a physical way is in and of itself an experience for a soul. And, and there is no linear time in the energetic realm. So the, 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 the blip of time in, in your perspective uh, of, of a consciousness coming in and co-creating with a mother, with parents, there is an experience offered in that and, and in that that soul is not specifically looking to come and and and, and be stillborn or, or or aborted or or miscarried or, or anything of that nature it is not that specific it, it is the soul consciousness is is placing itself in the path of potential potential is the key word here the, the, there is a mother whose body is not yet prepared and for the mother, that experience is preparing her body eventually for a birth encounter. If, if she chooses to, to focus on the birth encounter rather than fearing the next stillborn child or the next miscarriage or, or something of that nature. So there is a, it's a co-creative manifestation for the mother and for the fetus, if you will. And for the fetus, it's, it's the, the chance that you might not be brought to term or might be stillborn or might even be aborted. That is a vibrational match, that, that, that chance, that possibility. And there is expansion in the possibility. The things that you consider negative, i.e. not being born, are not considered or viewed that way in the energetic realm. It was an experience, although brief in your opinion, manifesting and then not fully developing as a, as a, as a birthed human, if you will, is an experience. And, 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 and again, we understand that from a human experience, you, you, you all have acquired your ego consciousness and you, you have a thirst for life until you don't anymore. But it is, it is your natural state of being, especially when you're really young to have this thirst for life and wanting to move forward. So to understand that there is, there's value in that stillborn or, or that, miscarried or even aborted experience is, is something that might be hard to wrap your minds around, but there is indeed value in that experience. And, and, and you have all been of, 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 of some sort of experience like that. And it is the, the we, we often refer to the perfection of imperfection, the, the imperfection of the scenario, whether it is the mother believing she's not ready to have a child and choosing to terminate the pregnancy or, or the body rejecting the present pregnancy or the, the, the fetus not being really uh, far enough along to, to, to be birthed and, and being stillborn for whatever reason. All of those things 
carry an ex a unique experience with it that offers expansion. What are the value of, well, I mean, from like you said, from our perspective, it's hard to see the value because we think in terms of time and in terms of a, of a somewhat lengthy uh, lifetime, usually thought of in terms of, you know, 70 to 100 years, something like that. Um, but as you point out, in the energetic realm, there's really no such thing as time. So it's all rather instantaneous from that perspective. And we can kind of abstractly get the idea that there is some experiential value in it. But can you be a little more specific? What, what is that value? What's the nature of that value? It, it, it's the, the value is in, in taking the risk that that the, 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 the vibrational match of, of that fetus and, and, and the, the, the mother who is carrying it might give birth and, and offer an experience, but it's a higher risk scenario. And, and, and you are willing to, for lack of a better term, roll the dice and, and project into a scenario such as that, because if you are brought to term, then there could be all sorts of complications that, again, offer contrast that you could expand from. But in and of itself, the, 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 the termination of the pregnancy before birth is an experience. You, 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 you manifested on planet Earth, and we will, we will flip a, a different example. You manifest on planet Earth as one who has no use of your lower extremities for your entire lifetime. That is going to present a contrasting experience for you as a human being. And in that contrasting experience, that can be a, a negative thing, or you can flip that and turn it into a very positive thing. You've seen examples of that. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the unbirthed fetus is exactly the same thing. It is an experience in the womb that doesn't come to full term and, 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 and is not fully realized in your opinion as a human being, but as a strand of soul consciousness coming and, and taking the risk of, of, a, of a higher risk scenario pregnancy that is an experience in and of itself. Everything is an experience. That, that is why we say that even the, the one who was born into privilege and, and later manifests a drug problem and, and, and dies as a junkie in the gutter, if you will, has an experience of expansion from that. If, and, and the best way we can describe it, if nothing else, looking back and understanding what you don't want to manifest next time. Mm -hmm. There's expansion offered even in that. And it is not valued very greatly because you, you tend to want to focus on the things that you do want, which is what keeps the expansion going, which keeps your humanity expanding and evolving, if you will. But there's still the chance that you won't. Mm -hmm. And in that chance that you won't, whatever the outcome is, has a unique experience offered in it. The very best example that we can give you is you were all gathered around in the energetic realm discussing your multiple endless life experiences and you hearken back to the time that you were a stillborn fetus or that you were aborted or that you were, we, we're not trying to be funny. It is, it is literally like that, 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 that energy of this was an experience that I had as a strand of soul consciousness coming and not being a birthed human was an experience. It's like the, 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 the bad weekend trip that you took that you wish you had never taken, but yet you, you joke about it years later because the pain of that is gone. And now it's just a bad experience that you had from your human perspective that you like to laugh about. You all have things of that nature. That's true. We, we often forget. Death in the energetic realm is, is, is seen that casually because you are infinite. Yeah. Yeah. We often, we, and we forget that. I mean, 
when we live long enough in this life, we do tend to get to a point where we realize that stuff that went on that we didn't like very much that we may have actually disliked intensely um, had a lot of pain attached to it and so forth. Eventually, like you say, the pain kind of wears away and you can see, you can look back and see, yeah, that actually did play some beneficial role, but it sure didn't feel beneficial at the time. It just afterward you say, yeah, okay, I got some stuff out of that. I, I got some benefit. I, and I presume that's what you mean by the expansion, getting that, 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 that experience, whatever it is, is an experience. And, and if you are infinite, being aborted or stillborn is, is not viewed the same if you are viewing yourself as an infinite strand of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, that, that uh, it's what we would call being immortal. And that immortality is a different perspective than the mortality perspective. The mortality perspective creates a, a lot of fear associated with it. It creates a lot of anxiety. It creates a, it, it, it's stimulating in a sense, but it can also be very unpleasantly stimulating. And, and that uncertainty uh, and, and that mortality, if you will, creates your unique human experience that, that you are all, if you are listening to these words in this way, you are all encountering that at this time. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it, it is intended to, to your, your, your human consciousness, your ego, if you will, overshadows the wholeness of that which you are and allows you to have this unique human experience of contrast, of positive and negative. And, and at your best, meaning at your highest vibration, you are looking back at all of the things that you dreaded when they were occurring and all of your painful experiences in full appreciation of what they ultimately did to serve your expansion. They all created that which you are. And there is nothing that you can manifest and you manifest all of it that you cannot overcome and expand in the overcoming of any of it. Mm. So to get back to Chuck's original question, part of the way he phrased it was to say, is there sole purpose to influence the life of the potential birth mother in some way? Or is there something of benefit to the soul, the soul of the stillborn child that they receive as well? And the answer seems to be yes, both. <laughs> Indeed, it, it, it is happening to both. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely happening to both. And, yeah. and, and we are asked about the, the, this type of thing, especially in regard to abortion very often. And, and, and we will state that you, you absolutely are witnessing a strand of soul consciousness that is desiring to be born, but mm -hmm. more importantly is desiring to have whatever experience manifests in the physical way. Because there, there's no... There's nothing really riding on it other than the, the, the potential for expansion, regardless of the outcome. And, and, and it is one experience. In that one experience, you were aborted or you were stillborn or, or, or you were miscarried. In another experience, you lived to be 99 years of age and, and, and had this, this amazing life according to human terms. And, and, and it all adds up to the wholeness of, of who you are and, and your expansion as a soul consciousness being. And for the mother, the, the abortion question comes down to th there is no judgment from us regarding things of that nature, but you are canceling out a strand of soul consciousness that is desiring to be born. Mm -hmm. If your body is not ready for it, that is a, a different story. But the, the, the conscious canceling out of is usually performed from fear. Mm -hmm. Fear of what's going to happen, fear of judgment, fear of how you're going to financially take care of this, this, this child. And, and, right. and we are not here to guide you toward or away from an abortion, but we are absolutely telling you that if you remove fear from the equation, that that soul is, is very much wanting to be born and will deliver 
uh, an expansive experience for the mother if she so chooses. Well, that's interesting because I have heard at least two or three different psychics um, indicate that when there is a stillbirth or even an abortion, in those cases, the soul basically decides, you know what, I'm done with this one. This one isn't going to work out the way I want to. I want to go back. Is there truth to that? There, there is there there again. You have a vibrational match, but you had a vibrational match of the experience in the first place. And from a soul consciousness perspective, you you are vibrationally aligned with that which you were projecting into. Mm. And, and and the wanting to go back is is, is sort of a surface explanation, and, and perhaps that was being offered as, as an easier answer mm -hmm. because there are no human words to fully express that which we are in our perspective. And, and, and we could spend hours diving deeper into this and never find the words to truly bring understanding. The understanding is going to have to come from hearing these words after you, you view this, this episode or this recording and, and, and meditating and, and getting your own clarity on it. Yeah, Louis D'Souza, who uh, came on the show last week, he's my Monday co-host with Amy. Uh, he and I were talking after yesterday's show about the experience last week which he enjoyed very much. And by the way, he has a question that I'll be asking next year. Uh, but we were kind of observing between the two of us that just similar to the kinds of answers that Esther brings forth, Esther Hicks brings forth from Abraham, um, you're also bringing forth similar answers that say there's some of the stuff we just can't explain. You don't have the language for it. And it occurred to us, part of that is because you are working through humans, human vessels to do the, uh, the translating and you have to work within what they know, what their language is, what their concepts are, what their background is, what their experience is, you know, what, what their vocabulary is, what, you know, you, you have to work within that. We, we, we are limited to David's intellect and vocabulary. Indeed, this is this is why we are not suddenly going to speak Mandarin from <laughs> David's apparatus, if you will. And, and, and going back to the, 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 the choice, the the. The strand of consciousness, it is important to point out, is completely at peace at whatever occurs from, from a soul consciousness perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not, again, not an easy perspective for the human, but on, the, on one level, I guess it's, it's reassuring. It's like, okay. When you have endless opportunities to manifest as, as a physical being, the, 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 the not coming to term and not being born there, there's, it, there's not a lot of consequence or there's no heaviness in that. Mm -hmm. If you understand that you will have endless opportunities to do it again and again and again, and you do. So from Is that viewers, true for, for all source uh, that, that, that do all source uh, strands of consciousness? Do, do all of them uh, come into human type or, or similar lifetimes in various universes? Not specifically human, but you you are all sort of, for lack of better terminology, you are all sort of climbing this vibrational, this eternal vibrational ladder, mm -hmm. moving more and more and more into the, the, the core of source and expanding the core of source energy. Mm -hmm. And you do that through through experiencing multiple levels of physical, from the simplest form of being that humanity has yet to even discover to something as sophisticated as a human being or far more sophisticated than mm -hmm. human. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, I'm going to go to uh, Louis's question next uh, because he wanted to kind of follow up on what we talked about last week, the questions he was asking you. He was, if if you remember, he was trying to uh, get a better handle on what his unique contribution has been as a human 
he, he's really good at regurgitating what you know Abraham teaches or what you teach or what others teach, but he, he felt for the longest time that he really didn't have a good handle why he was here and you were trying to help him uh, get a better sense of that. So this is kind of a follow-up to what he was talking about that week. He says, you know, there are people who believe that the earth is flat and there are other people who believe that the earth is round. And to, from a human perspective, that's kind of a contradiction. So he asks, is the world really flat for flat earthers and is it really round for round earthers? The, the, the essential answer to that is, is you are perceiving a physical environment. There, there is really no planet. There is really no flat. There is really no round. There is really, there, there is a perception of energy and a physical experience that you are, are perceiving. And, and that's all that is in physical. So for the ones who create the reality of the flat earth, for them, that is their reality. And, and you're probably not going to talk them out of it. And, and we yeah, they depend it pretty strongly. <laughs> in, in, indeed. And we understand that by and large, through, through your science, you have determined that your planet is round. And, and for you, because of the, the science that you are depending on to back up your belief system, your earth is round. That's yeah. why there is, there is no right or wrong and no judgment from us because we understand that everything is a matter of perception. And, and we also, this, this is why we, we, David was interacting with one on Instagram earlier who was wanting more positive words in, in a post. And, 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 and the, the positive words, in his opinion, were bypassing. We are not always looking to guide you to just to bypass everything any more than we are, are looking to guide you to all come together in, in, in some kumbaya circle and, and all agree with one another. Mm. There, there is no purpose of physical if you are all doing that. All of the, the, the ruckus that, that, that you encounter on your planet is part of, of being physical. Mm -hmm. you, you are all on independent journeys, and, and, and certainly the vast majority of you are not ready for that which we and others that, that are sharing our message are, are receiving. We do, uh, we will allow you to sort of congratulate yourselves for being at the leading edge of thought. But part of being at the leading edge of thought is looking back and understanding that those who are nowhere near your level of thought are absolutely serving a purpose and just as deserving as you are. You, you are all here serving a purpose. So the ones who believe the earth is flat are the ones that, uh, believe that you need to build walls between your nations and, and, and things of this nature, they're serving a purpose. And, and that purpose is contrast. And that purpose is disagreement. And that purpose is creating the, the, the grit that inspires new creation. I'm going to uh, kind of go a, a little bit on a tangent off of that, because you made an interesting comment there about how there is a purpose for everyone um, who's involved here. Everybody has a purpose, no matter what somebody else might think of that purpose. Um, there are people who follow the Christian religion who will, and who also other people who follow the Muslim religion and other religions as well that will argue that really the main question is what is God's purpose for me? What you're talking about seems different than the idea of what is God's purpose for me? Could you talk about that a little bit? In the creation of organized religions, the, the humanity has taken law of attraction, which is the, the process of all creation and a, perhaps a little bit of polarity and, and built a human set of, of rules around that. And, and, and to, to allow that, that entity to, to develop into something that serves their specific desires, 
the, the dogma is introduced that, that there is, there is one God and everyone should be following one set of rules and behaving in one specific way. Mm-hmm. And, and more blood has been shed on your planet, as you are well aware, mm-hmm. over, over these different rules. And, and, and notice that the root of them is all rooted in the same place. You, you have people on multiple continents who had no way of interacting physically with one another, mm-hmm. getting it, yeah. understanding at, at, at a very basic level the, the eternal wisdom that you are being offered up right now. Mm-hmm. And, and then humanity, let, allowing the ego to come in, and having alpha leaders, if you will, emerge on every continent and labeling and branding what this set of teachings is, what, what they are, and, and introducing uh, an element of this is right and everyone else is wrong. And, and you are on the right side of it. Everyone else is on the wrong side of it. And, and, and of course, that gives a sense of camaraderie among the following. And also that, that, that the, 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 the element of punishment for misdeeds or sins, if you will, that element keeps everyone under control. And that control allowed societies to expand. Hmm. There is positive contrast in that. The the, the building of the family unit and the building of nations and all of these things got humanity on planet Earth to where you are now. And what's happening on your planet, be it flat or round, where you are right now is you are all coming together and communicating via your technology unlike ever before for humanity. And in that, that verbal communication, you are questioning deeper. And in your deeper questioning, you are starting to see the deterioration of all of these institutions. You are sort of coming full circle back to where you were before there were walls and nations and rules and religions and dogma and all of these things. And, and that is why you are seeing all of this disruption that you're seeing now. Yeah, I, I know speaking for myself, I was always rather confused by all of the assertions. I grew up in a, a Christian family, so I, I was indoctrinated in the Christian religion, and I, I was confused by it. I, it on, on one level, it kind of resonated, and on another level, it was like, uh, what the heck are these people talking about? And yet, it was everybody I knew. It was my parents. It was all the adults that I knew. It was you know cousins and siblings and, and even friends. I mean, everybody seemed to be going the same route, and it, it just bewildered me. And then I went through a whole series of things. I've actually related this story on the show, so I'll skip past that part. But um, I, I got to a point where I heard about law of attraction and I heard about the realm that we're calling source energy and some of the things that Abraham has talked about you're kind of reiterating a lot of the same things here and then it started to make sense to me in a way that religion never had so for me it was a very freeing experience that's not necessarily the experience most people have when they're exposed to this stuff now I can automatically just kind of anticipate you're going to say well they're not ready for it and I would agree they're not ready for it's just so interesting though that there are some of us when we're ready, we're really, really ready. And there are so many others who no, they're not ready at all. And it kind of raises a question in my mind. And the question is, okay, we hear a lot about how the vibration of the earth is rising, meaning that there's a lot of um, vibration rising among people. So sort of collectively, there's also a, a rising going on. Do you see that rising going on? And if you see that rising going on, how, how would you describe it? What, what do you what are you seeing and, and gathering from it, so to speak? The, the, the rising is, is, is born of, of what, for lack of a better term, we will call an age of enlightenment. 
where the, the, the idea of new age came about mm-hmm. not too long ago in your, your earthly time. And right. that idea of new age sort of disrupted the biblical teachings, the relig- organized religions, mm-hmm. and, and, and people were turning more inward. And then the, the new age thought sort of spun again into a human creation of a lot of rules and a lot of not exactly like religion, but certainly a lot of rules and a lot of external tools. Yeah. And, and, and David was meeting with one this week that was telling him that he needed to have shamanism in, in his Taya program. <laughs> we have been very clear all along that all of the tools for your ascension are internal. Mm. We will always turn you back inward, always turn you back inward. And we will always guide you to question everything, including our teachings. And we will always guide you that, that you are free to, to, to sift and sort and pick and choose and sample and decide what works for you. And if our teachings and our words are not the right for you, you are right to move on from them. And, and, and the readiness is, is about alignment. It, 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 it can sound a bit elite because we are very clear that this is, is, this is the leading edge of thought for sure. But the leading edge and understanding the leading edge is also understanding that, that it all plays a role that those who are devout Catholics, if you will, are, are playing a role in the expansion of humanity and the expansion of the universe, their own contrasting role, if nothing else, but by allowing themselves to be constrained by religious doctrine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, that, that is, that is where that strand of consciousness decided to, to, to manifest and of course, once you manifest as a human being, there's, it's, it's an open field for you. You can take any path that you want. You may manifest in the path of, of, of a very strict dogmatic religion that, that will even put you to death for not being a believer. Mm-hmm. That certainly exists on your planet at this time. Mm-hmm. But you have the ability to think for yourself and manifest your way out of there. Mm-hmm. And some do. Yeah. Some do. Many do not. Many choose that templated path, what we call the sheep's path. And many that choose the, the sheep's path are, are doing it for, for lack of a better term. There's a bit of laziness on their part and not wanting to think beyond what they're being told. And they sort of fall into that, that vibration, that pattern of thinking very early and just stay there. And, and very often will, will manifest contrast in other ways as they move through their life experience. There is nothing wrong with this. That is the experience. They, 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 may live to, to what you would call a ripe old age, die, return to their completed state, and look back and realize that, that their expansion came in the form of, of living this sheep's path. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was their expansion, that they came and had that experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, all of this that we've been talking about is a great lead up to the next question. This question comes from Laurel, and I need to give a little bit of background because part of her question touched on something I'd never heard of, so I'm going to assume that a lot of listeners may not have heard of it either. The concept is called grounding or earthing. And I did a little research and and found the, the following bit that I'll read to you to describe what it is. Grounding is a therapeutic technique that involves doing activities that ground or electrically can reconnect you to the earth. There are many time, types of grind, there are many types of grounding. All of them focus on reconnecting yourself to the earth. This can be done through either direct or indirect contact with the earth. Some examples include walking barefoot, lying on the grass, submersing in water. Um, There's even grounding equipment that you can use. Um, As an example, when going outside to ground yourself is an, an option. There are 
alternatives. One method is involves connecting a metal rod to the ground outside and then connecting the rod to your body through a wire. And if you're not comfortable using a metal rod, there are other grounding equipment available. Um, there are grounding mats, grounding sheets, blankets, socks, bands, patches. You can find all kinds of stuff online. I mean, it, it's quite a thing. And I mean, I had never heard of this before. This is fascinating, but it is a key part of Laurel's question. So here's what Laurel asked. First of all, um, I think because of the way I had promoted what was going on, I was explaining the similarity between the stream and Abraham of Abraham Hicks. Uh, I think Laurel is a little bit confused, so you may need to iron this part out. But she says, what does Abraham think of earthing or grounding? It is supposed to correct the blood and make it flow better for healing. So she wonders, could this simple act be the turning point for us for this virus, meaning the coronavirus? She says, imagine the ICU payments, the patients, the uh, intensive care patients with a grounding pad. Well, what could it hurt? All those people that headed to the beaches kicking off their shoes. I'm hoping this could be our saving grace. So that's what Lorella wants to know about. What do you have to say? The, 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 the idea of being of planet Earth and, and as a physically manifested human being, you're absolutely part of planet Earth. And think about how you existed for the majority of the time that, that humanity has evolved to where you are now on your planet. The, the, the grounding was automatic. Mm. You didn't have footwear. You, you were in nature. You, 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 there is absolutely value in you being in nature, you being in water. Why do you think water is so appealing to all of you? There's an energetic uh, conduct conductivity going on in a, in a body of water that is connecting you with the energy of your, of your environment. So this is why you like the ocean so much and like being on water. And this is why your real estate that overlooks water is the, the priciest there is. Mm -hmm. You all want to be on water. Why is that? Because of that, that energetic connection that you have. The, the, the taking that and then taking it to, to steps of you need to, to stick a piece of metal in the ground and, and, and hold onto a piece of metal, that is human construct. And, and everything has a placebo effect. So believing that, that, that touching this, this piece of metal that is connected to the earth, if you are truly bringing yourself to a point of believing that it's going to heal you, it's going to heal you. But the power is in your belief, as all yeah. things are, truly. The, 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 the idea of curing anything really comes down to, to turning your attention toward optimal health and well-being and, and detuning fear of the, you, your pandemic occurred via fear. And then mm -hmm. certainly your, your media whipping up the fear for ratings, if you will, and, 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 and political reasons and other things. But the, the healing will come when the, the, the excitement about it dies down and the attention toward turns toward excellent health and, and, and natural healing. And, and we are not saying this to guide your scientists away from finding a vaccine. That is part of expansion as well. Mm -hmm. the, the reactions to these things, when we guide you to appreciate your transgressors, we are not guiding you to, 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 to not solve them. The, the solving of is, is the, is, is the expansion. But returning yourself to, to, to your planet and, and being in nature is, is a soothing thing for most of you. And, and generally when it's not soothing, it's because there is an anti-nature judgment that is a human creation in one's mind that, it, that is saying that being outdoors is bad or, or, or you know, you're going to uh, introduce yourself to, to, to vermin of some sort that could be harmful to you. It's fear-based. 
Mm -hmm. remove fear from it. You all enjoy being outdoors. You enjoy fresh air. You enjoy sunshine. You, you do enjoy walking barefoot in grass or on the dirt. You enjoy being in, in the ocean. There, there, there is truth to that. We have guided you to even return your bodies to a more natural state rather than cremation or, or sticking yourselves in boxes when you return to your completed state to, to bury the body in the ground naturally. Mm -hmm. Return your body to the earth from which it came and, and, and allow other life to feed off of, of what was your physical apparatus. At your very best, that's what you're doing. This idea of, of sticking dead bodies in boxes and burying them in the ground is, 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 is amusing to us. Amusing. That's an interesting word. Why amusing? We, we, we are sometimes amused at some of the things that humanity has, has crafted. That, that, that's different from what Abraham has, has mentioned, because Abraham was asked at one point, and I can't repeat this verbatim, but the gist of it was that... Uh, they don't find things humorous because they're never surprised by anything. But you're talking about it's, uh, it's not about being surprised. It's 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 being entertained with, with, with what physical creates. It, it it is a is an expansive co-creative co-creative experience. Of course, there is there's interest in that. Mm. Okay. We we are not here to dictate your behavior. And expansion comes from humanity crafting solutions. And the changing vibration that, that causes obstacles to present themselves and your crafting of new solutions creates expansion. And there are endless possibilities for your future. But if we knew every single thing that you were going to do before you did it, there would be no point in your being. Sure, yeah. And, 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 and we would be able to sit here and, and, and tell you every single thing that's going to happen next. There is no being that, that, that is coming forth and, and predicting everything about your future. There, there, there are certainly instances where some things have been gotten right amongst many things that were not. Because in those endless possibilities, the, 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 the ones of greater magnitude especially can be tapped into. But the idea of, of human, humanity coming... And, and, and creating something in a direction that is so distant from eternal law can be amusing. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and it sounds to me like you are kind of, well, I won't say equating, maybe blurring the line a little bit between what we would call humor and what we would call entertainment. And I'm not sure how much of a line there really is because so much of entertainment is humorous. So I'm kind of drawing an arbitrary line there in a sense. But the entertainment side is what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm hearing not, not so much entertainment. It, that sounds a little bit cheap compared to what I'm thinking. It, it's, it's like you're describing an excitement in following what happens. You're not necessarily surprised by what's happening, but Correct. you can kind of see it's leading up to something, and then it leads in, and it actually turns into that, and you're getting you're, – you're, you're, Because you're drawing, to say oh, yeah. that we are never surprised, we, we are never surprised, but, but your new creation, whatever it is next, is expansion. That's why you're here. This is why we do not have a, a, a roadmap laid out for you exactly of what you're supposed to do in your lives. You, you are here on your own manifesting what's next. Mm -hmm. We are here to offer some guidance in that when called upon. But what happens next is truly up to you because what happens next is your new creation. That new creation creates expansion. 
Mm. Even though everything that has ever happened or is ever going to happen exists simultaneously, the expansion is never ending. And the expansion is new creation. And when humanity creates something new that is amusing, it's not necessarily shocking because, again, it's physical behavior born of contrast with an ego that's overshadowing eternal nature. So, yes, e- ego can be amusing. It does not mean that we're, we're chuckling at it, but, but it, it is interesting sometimes, for mm-hmm. sure. The, the new creation, is it, this is why we're here, mm-hmm. to guide you to new levels of co-creation. Because mm-hmm. our guiding you to new levels of co-creation is what expands our energy. Mm. Yeah. That's a big deal right there, isn't it? Expanding that energy. Because without expansion, mm-hmm. you don't have growth. Without growth, you stop. <laughs> you would cease, which, of course, can't happen. But that that's ultimately what would happen if you just kind of drew it to an end. And, um, and you will always find David and Esther using words a little differently. They, 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 they yeah. are 20 years apart in age and, and in very different life experiences leading mm-hmm. up to sharing our message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That obviously colors it. Yeah. So getting back to what Laurel was asking, Laurel was basically talking about a method in this case, this grounding, which I'm, I find to be a fascinating concept. And I thought you kind of expanded, you know, there's the word expanded on it in a very interesting way. When you talked about how much we love water, how much we love oceans. Um, I, I especially like that because Louise and I spent this past weekend at the ocean um, posted about it, had a little, uh, video that I posted about how beautiful the ocean was. And you're right. We, we do tend to just treat water so often. So many of us treat water as something that's soothing to us. What's really happening, of course, is that we're allowing ourselves to feel soothed. But, you know, anytime we can use, take advantage of our physical environment as a way to soothe ourselves, it's useful. That's a valuable thing. And, and boy, I was sure getting a lot of value about, out of it. I, I even related a little bit about little experiments that I was doing with myself to just kind of increase my ability to, you know, maintain and develop control over my own thought pattern and, and, you know, to direct my thought more precisely the way I want to direct it, you know, being in front of water for all day long, all day meaning, meaning like six, seven, eight hours straight. It's not just soothing. It's also, for me, it's an energizing experience. It, it builds my energy up or more precisely it allows, I allow myself to build my energy up by staring at that water and enjoying the sounds of it and enjoying the people who are enjoying it and so forth. It, it water, water is an excellent conductor of energy, whether you are sitting in a, at a jacuzzi or in the ocean, hmm. there, there, there is, the, there is positive effects to that. And when David wrote the, the stream book, he had manifested himself living on essentially on, on top of San Francisco Bay with the water right outside his back door. Mm. And there, there was a magical convergence that, that occurred when he wrote that book. And it was more readily allowed at that point because of the, the connectivity to, to the water. Is the water aspect of a stream part of the reason why you are called the stream? There, there, there are multiple innuendo, if you will, with, with, with the, the stream, stream of consciousness, stream, stream of water, stream of life. Mm-hmm. Okay. So draws from many think that it's not human or human-like and is genderless. Mm. Yeah. Well, all I know is regardless of my gender, I was enjoying it. It was great. I love water. I love being near the ocean. I love being near the lake. Daniel, Daniel lives by the ocean. Alex lives by the, live by the ocean. They both do. And I mean, look at Daniel smiling. I, I just mentioned. He's I've, I've always loved to live near water. I've always, always, always loved to live near water. 
I mean, it's, it's David, so, David chose so to what? live on the coast until very recently when he moved to Palm Springs and, and, and chose the desert, but he's considering being back on the water again. Mm, yeah. There's something about the desert as well. I'm really lucky here that I look out on the water. I look that way and it's desert. So. <laughs> a little bit of each. They, they are both magical places, and a lot of it is the... the uh, the, the, the the untainted nature of, of open desert and open ocean, the, 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 there is value there. Yeah. Daniel, had you heard of grounding before? Had you heard of earth? I ground. That's why I was laughing. I ground. Oh, I you, literally, um, you do that regularly. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, I, 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 ideally, I'm, I'm intending to get to a point where I do it every day. Okay. But we went to the beach yesterday. We're at the beach club. I was working from there, and I just sat with my feet on the ground, my, my feet in the sand. And when I can't get to the beach for, for too long, then I, I go for a walk on the grass that we got on the ground and so just walk barefoot for 20 minutes, 30 minutes. But you, but you do it with a certain consciousness that it's a ground connection. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What does that consciousness do for you? Is it similar to what I get when I uh, am paying attention to the water? Is that the kind of feeling for it? Uh, it's different because there's actually an, an, an energy exchange with the earth that's happening. So even when my emotional state, for example, is in a bit of a peak, I'm having a wobble then I go and I'll do my breath work while I'm grounding and it just facilitates getting that energetic boost. And it could all be a placebo, but it works for me. So <laughs> Your technology has, has far exceeded your evolution as physical beings. This is why you've created food that, does, that causes disease in your bodies because your bodies have not caught up with the technology of your food. And you were all yeah. coming to understand that getting back to your, your for back of, lack of a better term, your caveman era, way of being and eating and, and, and existing has value for you. you your, your bodies are still more attuned to that than, than, than living in concrete and eating out of a box. Interesting. Mm. Okay. I'm, I, I find when my diet is more primal, it's, it's better too. I, I eat as little processed food and just stuff. But I did, but I did, I got my DNA tested to see what was right for my body and that's, what was right okay. my body so okay well yeah. and david is actually i i if i didn't misinterpret what you were saying uh, or actually what the stream was saying what david was interpreting is that we are growing toward i hesitate to say this a point where we're living off the processed food that just seems incredible <laughs> did i misinterpret that <laughs> your technology regarding food has peaked and is going back full circle to where you came from you you've all figured out via your diseases such as cancer, that there are things that you're putting in your body that your body is not ready for. Your bodies will evolve and adapt to whatever the reality is. But in your collective uprising, if you will, in vibration, you you are coming to understand that the the flaws that you've created is this this convenience food, this packaged processed food, your your bodies are are not accepting. And, and, And the best way to know is how you feel after you consume something. Mm. It may taste good in the moment, but how do you feel after you consume it? If you do not feel good after you consume it, your body is is, is not reacting well to it. And the funny thing has happened for me that I suspect a lot of other people have experienced, and that is there was a time when I did eat a lot more processed food, and I've gotten to the point now where that, that flavor you referred to, that it, it tastes good, doesn't taste good anymore. It's a really interesting thing. Now, I kind of assume that's because as my perspective changes, my preference changes as well. But nevertheless, it, it almost, I mean, this, is a, this can be a point of confusion because I, I'll explain it this way. 
I have come to the realization that there really is no such thing as objectivity. That subjectivity is everything because we all are coming at this with perspective and perspective is by nature subjective. So in that sense, there really is no such thing as objectivity. Uh, but we, we try to think objectively. We try to express ourselves objectively. Like we're, if we can share an objective idea of some kind, then we feel like we have, okay, we've communicated well with each other. And in the context of, of what we're talking about here, it's like we're trying to say to ourselves, yes, it feels better to eat well. It doesn't feel well to, uh, to eat the processed food. And we're all agreeing, yes, or those of us who are involved in this kind of discussion say, yes, yes, yes. That's true for me, too. It's like we're, we're trying to come to agreement on that. And on the one hand, I like that. And on the other hand, I, I become a little concerned, like, are we trying to create that one thought pattern? Everybody has to think the same way which would ultimately be the death of the whole system. But you are nowhere near that because regardless of what information comes out about your food sources, you, your processed, your, your, what you would call junk food thrives because the instantaneous soothing that is offered in it. Mm. Okay. And, and, and you, 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 you are all very adaptable to any reality. And when your reality is fast food, packaged food, processed food, you get really adapted to that. You're adapted yeah. to it. And, and you can even get somewhat addicted to it, but that doesn't mean that it's ultimately making you feel good. You, you all do things that, that feel good in the moment that do not feel good after. And yet you return to it for that good feeling moment over and over and over again. That's this is true. Where your addictions come from. If there's nothing good. There's nothing bad. It's all relative. That's the law of the universe, right? It's, um, I remember when people were upset when David had, taking a certain route for his fitness goals and people are like, Oh my God. It's <laughs> like, well, it's all here to explore at the end of the day. Um, if somebody wants to enjoy the experience of eating a hamburger every day, that's fine. But in physical reality, there's going to be an experience that's going to result from that. And it may be heart disease. Like who knows? <laughs> there is no judgment from us. It's all an experience for all of you. Mm -hmm. And, and pay, we only guide you to pay attention to your bodies and discern your preferences. Mm -hmm. and, and we do guide you to things that, that help you raise your vibration. And if you are constantly making yourself sick regarding what you eat, the only question is, are you wanting to raise your vibration? If you are not physically feeling well, it is more of a challenge. You can raise your vibration through that, but it's more of a challenge for you. David very recently got off of fluoride. He's, he's used fluoride toothpaste his entire life. And in many in spiritual circles for years, he has heard not to use fluoride. Mm -hmm. Yet he allowed us to flow the way that you're experiencing right now while he was on fluoride. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show, like you're saying, Daniel, preference is everything. And there's no right or wrong where preference is concerned. And we choose what we choose. And then we experience what we experience. One follows from the other. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's all a beautiful roundabout as far as I'm concerned. It really the, is. The choices that you make even if they're contrasting choices, meaning that they, there's a, what you would consider a negative outcome, that negative outcome serves a purpose and, and mm. serves expansion. <clears throat> we do not guide you away from experimenting with anything that you want to experiment with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There, there, again, there is no judgment. There's no right or wrong in any of it, but there is certainly higher vibration and lower vibration. And if you're, you're placing yourself and your body in a, in a, in a place of stress, that's going to lower your vibration unless you really do a lot of work to overcome it easier to eliminate the thing that's lowering your vibration than to do even more work to, to, to battle against something that is that you're allowing to lower your vibration. 
Well, not surprisingly, we have zoomed through another hour in record time. I mean, anyone who says time isn't speeding up, I have a discussion to have with you. Because <laughs> 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 it certainly seems at times like it is. Uh, but this has been great. Uh, stream, we're going to let you and David do your separation thing while we uh, uh, talk about a couple things and let David come back to join us. Um, I'm going to pass along a message to you, Daniel, from the live stream, Josie, who says it's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Josie. She also Happy birthday, wants, Josie. She wants to offer congratulations to you on, I presume, on the upcoming baby with Olga. So, you know, that's oh, yeah. fabulous stuff coming from Josie. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations on that. And um, I guess I just want to remind people that if you want to send a question in, you can tell we do ask questions on your behalf. That is why we have the stream here. So the best way to do that is, drum roll please, download the LOA Today app. There it is. All right. Um, <laughs> because that has a built-in system for sending in a question to the stream. In fact, um, on the latest version that is now has rolled out for Androids and is now in the process, I'm just waiting for the last approval from Apple, to roll out for iPhones, there is a special page just for asking a question of the stream. And so all you have to do is just, yeah, all you have to do is just fill that out. And uh, it's really easy, name, email, and uh, your question. And not only will we ask the question, we will get back to you and tell you what episode your question aired on so you can listen to it in case you didn't catch the episode. So just a little value add that we're doing here. So David, you're back, I can see. I, I mean, I, I'm always curious, what, what, what do you experience? I, I, do you remember much of that conversation? No, I remember bits and pieces. I'm sort of in the background while all that's going on and mm. I come out of it. I'm a little dazed and confused. Mm -hmm. actually, uh, and there's little elements that I'll recall, but not all of it. I have to go back and watch. Yeah, right. What happens more times than not is... Uh, there are people that, that are on my team that will take the videos and they'll chop it up into more bite-sized bits and it'll go to TikTok or YouTube or something oh. like that. And then I'll watch it back there. Okay. <laughs> like All right. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else. I got it. it. It just seems to me like it would be a bit odd. You know it's you. You can see and hear that it's you, but you don't recall the actual conversation. That, that's got to feel odd. Uh, it is. And I, I can tell you that the more I channel, the more I find myself, um, I, I, I get forgetful in my regular life. Uh oh. That is. And I may be just getting older. I don't know. But it, <laughs> I find myself more forgetful, and, and people that, that work around me have to, you know, remind me of stuff more often, it seems, in the past couple of years. But wow. It's a good small price to pay. I love it. I love channeling. It just it feels amazing. I love the message that comes through. I, I love being able to help people. With, with all of this, you know, information and, and the, you know, the things that we've created around the teachings that have just been transformative for so many. I'm happy to do it. I, I've got to ask you one more question before we finish for the day along this line, because Esther Hicks has talked about how there are times, and, and usually it's not so much she's talking about it, it's usually Abraham telling a story where this happened with Esther, and that's how you find out about it. But um, Esther, on numerous occasions, just in the course of, of enjoying her day-to-day -day life, is involved in some situation and all of a sudden she has an awareness and has like a little mini conversation with Abraham. And I'm wondering, do you do the same thing with the stream? Do you have little mini conversations during your day? It depends on what's going on. It's, it, it's there's just a knowing that drops in, uh -huh. especially when I'm feeling good. If I'm in high vibration, there's a knowing about things that drop in. Mm -hmm. uh, I also, I have uh, something that's somewhat unique. Um, Dan and I have a mutual friend, Matt. He has the same thing. He's the only person I've met that really has this. 
I get yes and no in my body physically. Like years ago, I used to use a pendulum and you know, a pendulum is reading your vibration. And, but mm-hmm. if you're in high vibration, you're using a pendulum, you're getting really good guidance from the pendulum. Mm-hmm. As long as you're in high vibration, if you're not, then you're you're tapping into something different. I played with that enough to know just how risky that can be if you're not high vibe. <laughs> right, you got to keep you, the the vibe being high and being very clear about what you're wanting. You know, is, yeah. is key to that. Uh, but my, I get that physically. I get you know, the left side of my body is yes, and the right side is is no. Oh. And I get that guidance very easily from them, just about any time. You know, even if I'm not in the highest vibration. Uh, now, if I'm in a bad mood, if I'm low vibe down the spiral, no, I don't get. Uh, but there's just a knowing that drops in and there is a, a intuition about people that drops in very easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I get comfortable with people really, really fast, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. too fast for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, you know, if I get a good vibe from somebody, I get a good vibe and I feel like I've known them forever. Uh, and if I don't, then I kind of, you know, back up a little bit, but I, I don't meet many people that I don't get a good vibe from. It's pretty rare these days. But, but the point that I was getting at is you, you, you do have at least on some level, some degree of communication in just. Oh yeah. That's what I, all that, that I just described, I think is that. Yeah. Just the, like, no, yes, you know, that's, that's not the way that is. There's good clarity. When I'm up my spiral, there's really good clarity that just drops in, which is what I got my whole life. The writing it and speaking it is something that I had to teach myself to do. And it, the teaching was really trying to teach myself with a lot of frustration, but not giving up because I, I felt really strongly I was able to do it. The backing up and just allowing it to happen is what finally let it just flow. I'm kind of curious too. I, if I, if it were me and I were experiencing what you were experiencing, I think I'd kind of experiment with trying to pose a question and then make the connection as if I were uh answering questions for somebody else record myself. Yeah, I, I do that. And now it's, I've created, um, I think I talked about this on here before or somewhere. I've created this sort of little, uh, little conference room in my mind. Oh, okay. Sort of go into the space and, and, and kind of sit and they're not physical beings sitting across from me, but it's kind of like I'm sitting there with this energy and can have a very detailed yes, no, this is where to go next. Uh, but the coolest things g- generally, you know, I'll be inspired by something and then a whole download will just come. Uh, Taya itself was, was created that way. Hmm. You know, I, I didn't realize I was creating a practice. Even I, I, I was creating some tools for myself. Uh, and then when I started teaching the course online, this big download came and the whole thing was channeled and it was just like dropped in. Wow. And it hasn't deviated from that in two and a half years because it works. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now we're, we're creating this whole other thing that's more of an experience uh, toward awakening that just dropped in. And it's like I can't get fast enough, you know, pen to paper, if you will, you know, or fingers to uh, keyboard, I should say, uh, to get it all down. But it's it's all there. It's downloaded. But in that, that moment that it's all clear, I just want to get it out as quickly as possible. There's part of my ego is probably afraid that it's going to go away. It doesn't. But it's just amazing how these things just drop in and they're just there. Like, wow. It must be quite an experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's really cool. Before we uh, part for the day, I want to remind people that one of the, of the reasons we have the LOA Today app is the hosts page. And the reason for the host page, first of all, is to tell you a little bit about the hosts, including David and Daniel. Uh, and Alex, who couldn't be here today because, sadly, they don't have any electrical power there today, which is not good on a very, very hot day like we're having today. But uh, hopefully she'll get that electricity back pretty soon. 
but you can also contact people through the host page. So you can reach Daniel right now, the way host page is, is uh, constructed. You can meet, reach him through Facebook. David, also, you can be reached through Facebook. We're in the process of doing some updates so that you're going to have more ways to connect. Uh, we're going to add uh, a link to uh, Dan's um, dreamwithdan.com website to the slash forward slash HMM, I think it is. And uh, we're going to connect more to uh, the, the tire practice on, for David. And there's going to be other connections in there. But at the moment, you can reach out to them right now through the host page. So we encourage you to do that. Um, David, tell people a little bit more about uh, what they want to reach out to you for. And then we'll do the same thing with Daniel. Uh, to learn more about the spiritual practice that I've created with the stream's teachings, go to the streamofdavid.com forward slash TYA, Taya for Trust Your Abundance. Uh, and I also have a Facebook group called Taya, T-Y-A, Global Awakening. Uh, and that's a cool place because we're very interactive in there. Uh, you can start learning more of the Taya practice in there. Uh, and then also I have the guided meditation that I'm going to send to you to put on the app, mm -hmm. uh, which yeah. is a source. Uh, my favorite guided meditation is called Source Connect. It's a channel meditation that takes you to the energetic realm and connects you directly with Source if you so allow. <laughs> so this, is, this is essentially the stream leading a meditation then. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I have a whole suite of guided meditations from the stream uh, and they're called streamscapes. And uh, we're about to create some more. I've been guided to create some more. It's been a couple of years since we created these. And, and there's, I have the vault for wealth creation, which is really cool. It takes you into your virtual vault of money. Um, there's one on health. Uh, my favorite, there's one called quick clear, which is a five minute guided meditation to raise your vibration on your, uh, you know, lunch break or whatever. Uh, but my favorite is Source Connect because it's a direct connection to Source via guided meditation. It's very powerful. That sounds like fun. I can hardly wait to get that on the app. And I promise, folks, I will be on that as soon as I possibly can because I know people are going to want that just by hearing that. And, Daniel, we're going to be doing uh, some things. Well, you've already been giving some amazing stuff. People are already reacting. There, I had one – I think I, I don't know if I forwarded the email to you. I had one – person right in just saying thank you for the amazing gifts from daniel so your gifts are amazing daniel oh groupie thanks and everyone listening when you get wins with the money game do share them share them share them share them it's amazing that that it's the momentum that comes from your wins that will support other people's wins and it's other people's wins that support yours too because it creates an upward vortex of, of abundance being manifested so yeah share your wins that, that's a big thing that you're finding too with your own groups that uh the more wins that get shared the more other people get inspired to do their i stuff. have no doubt in my mind whatsoever that the reason why we had such a big bump in the average win and the size of wins and the speed of wins in the last money game challenge was because more people were actively sharing their wins even if it was a dollar here or a dollar there people were doing thousand fifteen hundred two thousand before we'd even started the challenge um i think it was just that that momentum in fact we're going to have to uh, do a little more delving into the money game to kind of give people that little push to go um work with that ebook that is currently on the app it's already there so mm -hmm, yeah. but uh because I, I want to really reinforce i've been trying to do this the last few days daniel is not just talking theoretically he has clients and his own life where he's been applying this in fact he, he wasn't bragging or anything but in June, he was telling us, I almost hit my goal of a six-figure month. Now, there are people who wish for a six-figure year. <laughs> Here you are. You had a six-figure month that you were just kind of referring to. Oh, geez, I almost got there. <laughs> so my point is, Daniel knows what he's talking about here. That money game book really is an important book to have and to use, to put it to, to, to real use in your life. Definitely. Yeah. So 
And, the, and it doesn't just talk about money. The money game book shows you how to apply the same principles to relationships, to getting a promotion at work, um, career, how to acquire clients. Once you understand the principles, they can be applied to other things. And I show some different variations of that in the book. That's very cool. So, okay, guys, I guess I have to let you go for another week. Well, Daniel, until Thursday anyway. But, uh, you know, this, this is just so great. I want to thank you once again, David, for agreeing to do this with us. I hope this is as rewarding for you as it is for us. It's I know I'm fun. loving it. It's, I love channeling, and it's always fun, and the, the questions are, are fantastic, I, I know. So. so there it is, folks. We need more of those fantastic questions. Send them in. We will include them in future episodes. In the meantime, I will thank you guys very much, and I will especially thank our podcast listeners for continuing to grow and stay with us because we love you so much. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everyone.